All right. <clears throat> Professional voice. Hi, guys. Welcome. You're listening to Superlit. My name is Brendan Patrick, and Superlit is a podcast pertaining to books that pertain to the LGBT community. I've done this opening about five times now. I can't get it right. So that's what you're getting this week. Um, I have a special guest with me today to talk about uh, Carry On by Rainbow Rowell. What's your name, stranger? My name is Tiberius Basilton. Um, I can't remember his last name, Pitch. I hate you. No. Hi, I'm Sophie. I'm here to talk about my fan fiction I wrote about based off of my true life story that we talked about last time, Fangirl. Jesus Christ. I am so happy to have you back, and I'm so happy that I convinced you to read this book. It's been sitting in my to-do list for like two years, and I'm really glad I finally did it. I'm going to do it again, probably. I, um, I'm really excited to hear you tell me about the, um, the audible version of it. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Like, yeah, we need to talk about it. All right. So on Superlit, we don't give out heavy spoilers. We do talk about the book in pretty good depth, but we don't really talk about the ending. You have to read the ending of this book because it's so good i'm not gonna say specifically what it is but it's really good and when i believe we're going to be getting into spoiler land we'll tell you to get into it and we'll warn you so just a heads up y'all i'm gonna try real hard to not spoil things but we'll see don't do it don't spoil it don't be that person so my favorite part of the book was the last page and are you rushing for kappa kappa tai because you sound like you're rushing I'm a fucking Libra. There it is. That was my catchphrase last time, probably. Who knows? Um, It's the only catchphrase. Let's talk about Carry On, but more specifically, the whimsical-ass music that opens the audiobook. We need to talk about that. I can't wait to hear you tell me about this. Okay, so Sophie, well, listen to this, not read, but whatever. Uh, Listen to this more recently than I did. I read this last year while I was um, traveling to Texas, and I... (laughs) My appendix burst after I got back from Texas. So my my brain is a little bit foggy on the story, but I'm pretty sure I have everything. I have some notes. I was taking a lot of notes while I was starting it, and then it just divulged into, like, I can't stop listening. I have to be listening to this. Like, you hit the point in the book where you, like, you can't stop, and my notes got very few and far between. (laughs) Yeah, and I remember you texting me being like, this isn't gay yet. And I'm like, just wait, just wait. It gets real gay. It's really fucking gay. It, it got gay. It definitely got gay. I told you, you, have, <laughs> you need to listen to me. There's a reason why I love this book so much. I'm trying to cue up the very beginning of the audiobook. I don't know if this is going to work. I'm going to try to play the whimsical ass music through my microphone. It's great. Can I hear his voice, the the British man's voice? Because you you really like spoke about this. Yeah, let me see. Um, so the first chunk of the book is all Simon, or mm, so the book itself. Like every chapter is like a different character's perspective, which I usually am not a fan of at all. Like that usually bothers me, but it works. Yeah, I think uh, for me it was like something that I actually really appreciated because it's not just like the same thing over and over again like it especially at the beginning of the book it cuts it up nicely so you're like interested to see what's happening and it also reminds me of fangirl where like the in-between chapters or something else yeah 
I, I like that doesn't bother me usually as much when it's like, here's one story, here's another story that's going on. I like stuff like that. When like every single chapter is a different character's perspective, it usually annoys. If I see that starting to happen in if I'm reading a fanfic, I, I usually am like, hmm, I might not finish this because it bothers me a lot. I may not be able to handle this. There are some um, immediately deal breakers if... Uh, if you're reading a fanfic, <laughs> one of them is if you open it and there are no paragraph breaks, immediately abort. That's unacceptable. No, 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 no. Canceled. It's canceled. It's canceled. Let me see. I'm just going to play the first part of the chap, the first chapter. I think this is this is Simon talking. Let me see if I can. It's going to sound weird because it's coming from my phone to my microphone. But I just want to hear what it sounds like. Magic separates us from the world. It's so good. Let nothing separate us from each other. So the voice that the the guy who reads this does for Simon is like super gravelly and very like I'm Cockney as fuck. Like he's like super. He's milking it as, and stuff. But the, and then the voice he does for Baz is like more refined and nice and like posh. And I'm gonna try to find a bit of that so you can hear like the slight difference. But it's I enjoyed it. It's a lot. But I enjoyed it. It sounds like you're really into his Baz voice. I'm like really into most of it. (laughs) I love that you love like fake men loving each other so much. I'm like sitting over here giggling. Enough snow. I'm not the queen. Aren't you though? Aren't you the queen? He really is. (laughs) So like as far as the Audible book goes... And he does different voices for the female characters, obviously, but like it's a man doing a female voice, so it's like a little irritating because he just kind of makes his voice go higher. But which I know, you, which I know you don't like that when that happens. But me, I'm like, yes, do it. It's just like, uh, like when he does the voice for Penelope, just kind of his voice just gets a higher register, and I was like, oh, okay, this is fine, I guess. Like, I'm not. It's not. I swear, I'm not going to talk about Harry Potter too much, but it's not as bad as the guy who does the audiobooks for Harry Potter when he does Hermione's voice, because that's... How dare awful. you talk about that? Because that is my favorite. You're trash. You're canceled. I also listen to half of them with the guy who does the American audiobooks, and then I did and the other half with Stephen Fry doing the Harry Potter books, which is chef's kiss. So good. But um, Okay, listen here. My dad and I listened to... This is getting cut. You're getting cut. The whole shit is getting cut. I listened to those when I was a kid, and I loved it a lot. And I understand that we have an issue with J.K. Rowling right now because she decided that, you know, oh, no one's even seen the thing, and no one's read it, but, like, Dumbledore's in this, and she's like, it's not important, it's not part of the story, but you made it part of the story, bitch, so, like... You need to lay in your bed that you made, and it has to be a gay bed. But I really love those audiobooks, and I'll fuck up anyone who says otherwise. All right. <laughs> so. You're welcome. <laughs> now that we're done fighting, let's talk about Carry On. That's just the, okay. okay let's, so, get, let's get into the beginning of let's talk about Carry On. Mm-hmm. That literally, I just had to play that because my first note is. The intro music, so whimsical. It's very nice. So the second note I have written down is, oh my god, there's swearing in this. Because there is a lot of swearing. So, really funny about this book, I didn't realize that they were, like, swearing so much. Because I'm reading it and I'm just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we have a fangirl where it's, like, more of a teen... I mean, this isn't not, this is not, not a teen novel, but, like... But I'm thinking about it as a person who is, like... I read fan fiction, and I wrote a lot of fan fiction when I was younger. 
And like when you're taking something that's more traditionally like a YA book, like Harry Potter, Hunger Games, those are just two specific things that for my neck of the woods, but um, Yikes. you're trying to like take the characters that you love so much and adapt them to a more interesting story for you. So especially if you're like a little bit older, writing about something you read originally when you were younger, you want to like shift it more into that like adult world. So there's like a lot of swearing and like the themes get darker in a lot of fan fiction because people are like, I love this world, but I want to make it like PG 13 R. I want it to be more interesting for me. So I felt like a lot of the stuff that was happening in this, I was like, yeah, this feels like a fan fiction, but like a really good, like it, like in a nice way, like a nostalgic way for me, not like, Oh, this book is like a fan fiction, but like, it was I really just very felt like pleasant. it was its own world. Like I felt like really attracted to, the fact that I always, when I was reading Fangirl, I was like, oh, it's like a Harry Potter book. I'm reading, I'm like, this is way more than just like a Harry Potter book. This is like past that. No, but I think that makes sense because like, obviously this is supposed to be like a fan fiction that the character from Fangirl wrote, but it's based on like a fictional series that doesn't exist. So it's basically like if you were reading a Harry Potter fan fiction is based off of the sixth book without having read all the other books. But like, it doesn't feel like you don't know what's going on. Like all of the information is there, which is so nice. You're like immediately like in the universe and you're like, all right, I'm here. This is great. I know what's going on. Yeah. Honestly, I think that's why I was very into it. Cause I was like, Oh, this seems like a fun thing. It's like a nice little romp. It's like, it's just like a fun romp with magic and boys kissing. It's great. Do you have any more notes about the beginning of the book? Sophie? I have, Penny is great. I love her, which I stand by. I like Penny. I don't like... Penny's not his girlfriend, right? It's the other one. Yeah, that's Agatha. Penny is, like, his best friend. They've been, like, friends since the first year. She's, like, super sweet and, like, just fucking loves magic and is just, like, trying... She's she's the person who's always there helping him when he's like, oh, gotta go save the world again. Like, she's there helping him because she is super smart and, like, she's just very sweet and I love her a lot. I really liked her so much. She seemed like a more, like, I don't want to say, like, down-to-earth version of Hermione Granger, but, like, she seemed, like, well-adjusted and not like, oh, my God, you're an idiot. It was like, oh, my God, be, like, just be better. Like, we can make you better. I want to make you able to, like, handle your magic. It's, yeah, it's great. Um, I have some random quotes that I wrote down because they were just too good to not, um, I think there's a part where I can't remember which girl it is. One of them is describing another boy and is like making fun of him. Or maybe it was a compliment. I can't remember. I don't remember the context of this quote, but all I have is his face is so symmetrical. You could summon a demon on it. I'm sorry. I just like, I need, I need to see that face. I just, like, I couldn't picture it being something that's considered attractive, but I think they were using it as a way of describing someone as attractive. So maybe... I think it means that they were perfect. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Um, I also have uh, Carly Rae Jepsen is a witch confirmed um, because the way they use magic in this world is they use, like, poems or lyrics from songs, and then by using those, they, like, imbue magic in the world. Like, they give it a feeling when they say it, and that's how spells are written. Got to the feeling. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so I guess like a way of like contacting someone is call me maybe or something like that. I don't know. But she was like, uh, Penny's talking at one point about how uh, Carly Rae Jepsen is going to be, is like a witch because her songs are Because she's spelled. a confirmed gay icon. I mean, you're not wrong, but I just wanted to, my, my baby girl, Carly, she's confirmed witch. Gay icons are confirmed witches. So like the first half, not the first half, the first chunk of the book, Baz is missing. No one knows where he is. And Simon is very distraught about it. Simon is losing it because he thinks he's plotting against him and the headmaster. He's just like, he's like spiraling into paranoia obsession. It is the perfect, perfect grounds for you're so obsessed with this dude. You're clearly in love with him. It's it's so good. It's such a good build, like slow burn. This it's, is my shit. It was like for me, and I, I say this, there are certain times when like slow burns drive me nuts. This was driving me nuts because I wanted I wanted it to get to the point where I was like, do it, kiss each other. Um and I'm very adamant about that. I felt crazy for him. I was reading it, it was like, oh my god, everyone knows you're gay. Stop. No. Don't let them know. This is your thing. You're in love with your roommate. Don't ruin it. It's um very literally a slow burn because Simon's powers are all based in fire magic. So because he's flaming. Oh shit shit shit. Um, no, but it's cool that um so the whole book is can can we talk about Baz being a vampire? Oh, can I I have like two more notes. Sorry, continue. I'm just <laughs> okay. excited. Me too. I'm trying to keep like some semblance of chronological order, but like, you know, it's not going to last long. No. There's like this whole thing where Simon is just so powerful that he literally can't, he doesn't feel comfortable casting spells because he will just destroy everything, which is like, this is a cool arc as the lead in this story because you're like so powerful you can't control it. Like you need to go hang out with Professor X because he's going to like help you out. But like, it's just... I'm just, I'm part of me is just like, why is he allowed at the school? Why did, how did he pass any grades or like things? If he literally like, he can't cast because he's too strong. He will just kill things. Well, because the headmaster is like, I want him in here. Do it. I mean, I guess that's true. There is, there's a whole subplot and it, it makes sense later. But for the first like half of the book, I was like, why is Simon allowed around children? Because he's so strong. Like, <laughs> There's, like, a point where he's trying to, he's, like, all dirty, and he's just trying to use a spell to clean his clothes off so he can, like, not show up to school, like, covered in, like, muck. And he accidentally makes half of a road disappear because he can't control, like, his magic. He's like, you know what, fuck this road, I want it gone. Um, okay, there's one line, there's, like, throw in where Penny's complaining, because while Baz is missing, Penny stays with Simon in the room, in um, the room together, so, like, they're always hanging out and stuff, and then there's, like, a point where Simon just gets aggravated, and he's like, Penny, you need to sleep in your own room. Like, this is, like, we're friends, but you need to, like, chill. And Penny says something like, whatever, I'm away, uh, my roommates push their beds together, and then there's pixie dust everywhere. And I'm like, are her roommates, like, gay pixies? What's going on? I need more. I need that. I need this subplot. I need a, a book about that, because I want to know more. Yeah, I... Honestly, so the pixie dust, and she talks about it a lot. She does not like her roommates, and I don't think she likes that they're pixies. Yeah, there's this weird thing happening where, like, everyone's real chill with vampires, and, like, there's 
other things where they're like, don't talk about non-magic people. Like, that's rude. And it's like, clearly like, this is an allusion to racism. But everyone's like, yeah, fuck pixies, though. Pixies are trash. And I'm like, I don't what the fuck's going on? Well, like, we're so past manic pixie girls that we're just, like, really over that. So we're really into manic, you know, magical boys. Yeah, I'm not I'm not on team manic pixie dream girl, so maybe I understand that a little. Okay. <laughs> Um, so that's pretty much the end of my notes because then Baz shows up and then nothing. I just stopped taking notes because it just was like, I'm good. All right. He's here. My boy's here. I just have a note that says Baz is great. And then the rest of it is what? like, I wish it was handwritten. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it, that's all it says is Baz is great. Period. So I, it's like how many chapters into the book before he comes back? Oh, I just looked this up because I was trying to find the bit where he's talking for the first time. Um, chapter 30. But the chapters are really short. I was right in saying it was like chapter 10 then. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. It's a late chapter, like chapter 10. So imagine this fucking boy spiraling for 30 chapters because the guy that he wants to keep his eye on, wink, wink, is not there for him to watch and stalk. Simon is de-distressed. He's like, there's a lot. So He's Bash- a lot. It's a lot. Everything is a lot. So what, oh, but before, so there's this whole thing where like Simon and Baz were pushed together as roommates because that's just how things are done at this school. They're just like, your roommates, your roommates forever. This is how you live your life now. So they like constantly are trying to kill each other, but that's chill. That's chill at this school. Well, the room won't let them kill each other. That's, I think that's originally why it was done because the room, if you assault your roommate, the room will literally, I think, throw you out of it. Oh, you're right. There's like a weird code. Yeah, so there's like the roommate code where you can't assault your roommate, which is actually kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah, you're right. So, but they are just like literally just like years of the, because they started this magical when they're 11. So they're like trying to kill each other for like however many years, like five years. How old are this? Are they 18 in this? I believe they're closer to 18 because it's like near the end of their school career. Okay, yeah, so like 17, 18, and yeah, Simon is just going insane. Do we want to like go into a little bit more of the plot now, or? Okay, so I actually looked at the timer, I was like, oh, we've been doing this for 25 minutes. Okay, one thing that I want to say beforehand, I hate Agatha. (laughs) She's not trash, but she's like, okay, Agatha is one of those characters where I'm like, if I met you in real life, I would not like you. I don't like you as a person. But as a character and for what you're doing for this story, I really appreciate this. Like, I think she's important as a character and I find her interesting as a character, but she's not a good person. She's definitely there for a reason. Like, I understand why she was put there, like Nick and in, in, uh, Fangirl. You know, this person's put there and you're going to wind up not liking them. And you know you're not going to wind up liking them because you know what kind of book you're reading. But she just, like, the whole time, like, especially what happens at the end, like, I don't like her. I mean, you're not wrong, but I (laughs) don't... I'm sorry, I just have so many feelings about her. I just, like, after it hit a point, I was just like, this is great, but when are, like, Penny and Agatha going to hook up? Where's that fanfiction? Nope, nope, nope. I think that Agatha is just a cat lady who's still in love with... What's his face or wants to love that guy in the United States? Or is that that's Penny? That's Penny. No, Never Penny, mind. Yeah. Penny has the the mortal boyfriend who lives in the US. I think she actually likes him. No, same, same. That's another thing I really like about K 
character wise, Penny is really great because she's like clearly really friends with Simon and she's a very good like support system, but there's never ever a moment when you're like, Oh, she is like the sad best friend who's in love with her gay friend and her heart's going to get broken. Like it's never, I don't think it ever hits that point. And it's really fucking nice to have like a female character who isn't just there to be in love with the gay man that she can't have in like a gay storyline. It's very nice. Yeah. I think I like Penny as a character. I appreciate Agatha as a character for why she's in the story and what her purpose is. Like, I know she has to be there for a reason. I just don't like her. So the whole thing is that her and, si- her and Simon are dating, and she's, like, the most beautiful girl in the school, and I guess she's dating Simon because he's, like, a babe, too, and he's, like, very, very obviously a powerful wizard. But, like, they have no chemistry whatsoever. They're just kind of like, yeah, this is fine. Like, we'll hang out, I guess. Like, we'll just... Like, this fits. It, I also... Slightly appreciate her because she's like very clearly well off. She's like a very rich, like posh. She's like quintessential mean girl kind of setup. But is dating Simon, who is an orphan that no one knows where his family is from. He's just a very powerful wizard. And he just like is basically at the school via scholarship from the mage, who is the Dumbledore of this universe. Like I keep just, calling him the headmaster because that's like what he is basically. But like he's like the he's like he's the headmaster of the school basically. He's like the principal, but they call him the mage. Like this weird dynamic because I think the mage, like that name is given also to like the most powerful wizard of the time. It's like the supreme, but like he's also like the headmaster of a school. It's very strange. Yeah, it's just very interesting. I think he fought to take that post too. I think we might be, if we start talking about the mage, we're going to start divulging into some spoilers. All right, y'all. We, uh, we're at that point in the podcast where we have to talk about the book a little bit more in depth. So I'm warning you now, there are going to be spoilers ahead. So um, get into it. Get into this podcast. Sit down. Grab a snack. And listen to us scream and whine about the spoilers in this book. All right. You ready, Sophie? I think I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready, and I've been I've been holding this in for months. <laughs> Let it loose, baby girl. Honestly, this podcast is just so I can scream about gay and lesbian couples loving each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Let's get into it. So Let's basically, the point of the story where things start to turn from Simon is trying to, like, figure out what's what the humdrum is which is this big bad that's like just creating the chaos and taking magic away and baz's family and his people like people on his side are trying to get rid of the mage because they think the mage is like responsible for things and i don't know plot 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 but simon's just chilling having a fucking crisis because he's paranoid that baz is missing and then the ghost of Baz's mother shows up, and that's well, when she gets we real. We don't know it's her her ghost until oh no, yeah, we don't know it's her ghost until like a little bit like further into the book because she comes. So this year during school at the beginning of the school year, they have like the the veil is lifting, I believe is how they describe it, and people who have like secrets with them, are, like when they went to the grave, like people who died or were murdered or like had you know riches with them. Um, they they come back every what twenty five years? It's something like that. Yeah, the veil is thinned and then lifted, and that's when like people, uh, ghosts can come back and like reveal secrets and all that good stuff. 
And Baz's mother, who was the headmistress beforehand, uh, before the mage, she comes back and, has, like, throughout the book has been visiting Simon in the room looking for Baz because that's where he's supposed to be. Um, and they can't find, like, they don't, the ghosts don't know that he's somewhere else because he was kidnapped. Then another ghost comes at, the, like, the end of the, the veil-lifting time, and we don't know who that is until the end of the book. And That's pretty much, like, when that happens, Simon is like, I have to talk to Baz, I have to... And his paranoia, his, his want to find Baz switches from, I need to find Baz because I'm scared that he's going to attack me because I don't know where he is, to I need to find Baz because I have to tell him this message that his mother gave me or this, like, I think she, well, she, the ghost calls Baz like her rosebud boy. So I think Simon infers that it's his mom. If it's not said, I'm not sure. But like that shift of like, I need to find him because he's my enemy and I don't know where he is to like, I need to find Baz because he needs to know this is like that click into like, Oh, okay. This relationship is shifting. So I mean, it's still a minute for, before Baz shows up, but he just, like, strolls into, into the school one day and is like, yeah, I'm here, whatever, like, it's not a big deal. And he just, like, doesn't talk about what happened. He doesn't talk about why he was missing. He just starts to, like, pretend like everything is fine and normal, and Simon is freaking out. He literally strolls in like, I survived, bitch. Yeah, that's him. He just runs in and then yells at Simon because he's like, stop treating me like I'm the queen. Stop treating me like I'm the queen or something. And I'm like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? Um, so I think Simon eventually tells Baz what's up. And uh, they decide to team up to figure out who this person is because the ghost told Simon, like, you need to talk to this person. This person knows what happened. Like, this person will have the answer. But, major spoiler alert, the, like, end of the first chapter, because the chapters are all narrated by characters, so Simon is narrating most of what's happening. The first chapter that Baz narrates Ah! ends... (laughs) Start screaming now. Um, (laughs) It ends with him going on this, like, monologue about how he just, like, he irritated by Simon he hates him and it's the worst and blah 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 slow burn slow burn and then it just ends with him like I hate him because I've been in love with him for like so many years and then you just die and then you die and the ah! ghost of you listens ah! to the rest of the book yeah it's it's such perfect execution of like an introduction to like because you're kind of like oh they hate each other this is like gonna be a minute before like anything builds and then Baz is just like hey I'm here and I'm fucking in love with this guy, and I'm super queer. And like, I'm and here. he's like, oh, I'm gay. My God. Get used to it. <laughs> it's so good. I love, 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 love how Baz describes himself as queer constantly. It's amazing. And it's so funny because I'm reading this. I'm like, oh, they're going to get into a fight and then like kiss, and that's what's going to do it like a physical argument. And Baz is just like, no, mm-mm, not, that's not how I play this game. <laughs> There's a lot of moments, but they get really up close and you're like, yeah, they're going to kiss. They're going to kiss. And then they don't, but they do magic bang. I hate that that's how you describe it because it's not. Okay. So since Sophie decided to say magic bang, we're going to talk about how the humdrum who uh, is like the big major baddie um, occasionally sends things to the school to kill Simon and basically just like fuck everything up. So a huge dragon comes and starts attacking the school simon goes out and he can't cast magic because it like it 
doesn't work all the time. Like magic doesn't listen to him. He's just full of the most magic in the universe. He's like the epitome of a magic spring. Like he is full of it. And this dragon comes and attacks and Baz comes out to like help him. I get, I don't, I don't want to say save him, but he's trying to help Simon de- like deter this dragon. So in this world, they use nursery. Nursery rhymes are the strongest form of magic, I believe. Because I think everyone knows them. So, like, the more people that know, like, a song or, like, a hymn or, like, a nursery rhyme, the stronger a spell is. So he starts doing a uh, nursery rhyme about... It's uh, Ladybird, Ladybird, go fly away now or something like that. That nursery rhyme. Yes, that one. So, (laughs) your kitchen's on fire. (laughs) Ladybird, your kitchen is on fire. So he starts doing that one. And... It's starting to work, and then Matt, and then Simon is like, okay. He, like, puts... Does he put his hand or his wand on Baz? And, like, just, like, he starts pushing his magic into um, Baz. It's physical contact. He puts his hand... <laughs> oh, God, Sophie! <laughs> he puts his hand on Baz's shoulder and, like, pushes his magic into Baz. So he's basically using Baz as a wand. So... He pushes his magic into Baz. Baz is then getting stronger and is able to send the dragon away. So that is the magic banging we're talking about. And honestly, like the whole book describes like when Simon uses magic, it's very draining on people around him. Like it's, it's, it's scary because he doesn't know how to control it. So this was, I think, very scary, but like astounding to Baz at the same time. Also, I believe Agatha and Penelope both saw this happen. So uh, Penny's just like, do it to me next. Like, do it. And uh, Simon's like, no, I might hurt you. And she's like, no, I saw what you did. Like, you gave your magic to Baz. And he was like, no, I was just coaching him on. Yeah. So I think there's a really sweet moment that has nothing to do with, well, it has a little to do with this, but the whole thing, because Simon is like, why did you help me? Why didn't you leave? Because he's very worried about Baz because fires, uh, fires, dragons breathe fire and Baz is very flammable. Though there's a line later on where Simon is, we'll get to this part, but Simon is trying to get Baz away from a very large fire. And he's like, you're flammable. And Baz is like, everyone is flammable. Um, but he's because he knows Baz is a vampire. But I think like Baz knows and Simon knows, but Simon doesn't think that Baz knows that he knows that he's a vampire because Baz is trying very hard to not like vampires are not necessarily accepted by everyone. Vampires are very much like you're a vampire. You're like a murderer. Like you're killing people. Baz doesn't kill people. He eats rats. Um, but there's like a, like a moment where Simon is like, why did you help me? Like you needed to leave. And Baz was like, you were going to kill that dragon. And Dragons are very rare, very, like, beautiful creatures, and they need to, like, you can't kill that. Like, it needs to go home. Like, he's very protective of the dragon, which I thought was very sweet, but also he's like, clearly that thing wasn't trying to attack the school. That thing was sent here by the humdrum and was, like, possessed by an evil power. Like, dragons don't inherently fly out of their way to attack people. Like, they only attack when they're threatened. Exactly, and I think uh, I think Baz relates to that too, where he's like, "This beast was like wildly misunderstood, and like it doesn't mean to do harm." Like Baz, he's you know he's a vampire; he doesn't mean to do harm. Exactly. So that yeah, so that's like the first instance also of them like truly working together, which is a very sweet moment. 
And like, but then afterwards, Penny is like, what the hell's going on? Like, why are you tolerating this person also helping each other? Like, because everyone knows that they are like, they are like mortal enemies. Okay. And we didn't explain this before. Right before summer break, Penny and uh, Simon got sent, like, got picked up by the humdrum. They like, he got, they got transferred to like where the humdrum was and they were able to escape. And the humdrum looks like a childlike version of Simon. So, like, that's why a lot of the, um, like, anyone who knows about the humdrum who's seen it and is friends with Simon, it's a little it's a little bit odd. And they're trying to figure out why he looks like Simon, like, why he took that form. And right before that happened, he saw his girlfriend, Agatha, and Baz talking by, like, the woods. And it looked like they were about to kiss. And I think they got, or they did kiss. And that's when they got, like, transferred to the humdrum land. And that's another reason why, like, Simon was, like, really, really upset with Baz. Because he's like, you stole my girlfriend from me. Yeah, that entire... There's, like, an, a beautiful scene where, like, they're just shouting at each other. And Simon is like, you tried to take Agatha from me. Like, what's wrong? And he's just like, I don't care about her. Are you sure? I'm, like, very gay. He doesn't say that, but, like, it's implied. He's like, I don't give... I don't care about Agatha at all. Like, what's wrong with you? But and because you can also occasionally see into Baz's mind you're like it's because you gay sweetie it's okay it's fine well and like he also did it I think mostly to and it's not like he did it himself I believe Agatha went out of her way to talk to Baz but I believe that a lot of that revolved around Baz wanting to piss off Simon it wasn't like anything particular he was like no I'm gonna piss this this amazing man off that I have feelings for yeah he, he says that later I think he's like yeah I went out to talk to her about something but I also like took her hand and pulled her closer because I knew you were watching me and I knew it would piss you off. He's just honestly a piece of shit, and I love it. He's a little smarmy bastard. He's so cute. Okay, so the humdrum itself, I don't know if I said this before. The humdrum, um, there have been holes forming in the magical atmosphere, and it's almost like holes in the ozone layer where they get larger and larger, and it's bad. And anytime the humdrum attacks, there are uh, huge holes forming in the magical atmosphere. So that means any magic in that area, it doesn't exist anymore because the humdrum sucked it out of the the land. And should we start talking about Christmas break? Because I feel like that is, uh, it's imminent. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know if anything else happens. Well, they start working together, I think, before Christmas break. Yeah, so they they decide, uh, Simon relays the message, I believe, to uh, Baz about his mother. And they, he really, and Baz realizes that they're trying to figure out, like, about the humdrum. So I think it in unison happens. Yeah, and they basically are like, Simon's like, I'll help you find out what this message means if you help me fight the humdrum and they make a truce. So they make a truce and decide not to, you know, viciously fuck each other. I mean, kill each other. And um, that happens. And Christmas break is coming up. And usually, um, Simon goes away with Agatha to her family's place. And Agatha's family doesn't necessarily really like Simon, but they like having him around. Like, he's not a complete bother. It's like a tradition at this point. 
And Penny's family is just like, we don't really like you hanging out with Simon because you're going to die if you hang out with Simon. So he doesn't really have anywhere to go for Christmas. Um, I think the plan is that he's going to like go to Penny's house for like a day or so or something. Cause he's like, her parents can stand me for like one day, but like after that it's too much. And then he's just going to come back to school. That's like the main plan I think. Right. Yes. So I believe he decides to go there. And then I think he like, while he's on his way there, he's like, wait, I have, I, and Baz extends an invite he's like hey come to my place like you like you can stay with my family we'll take care of you and simon's like your family wants to kill me he's like no they won't do it like it's fine you can come here yeah but i think simon is very adamantly against being murdered well he just he's like no i'm good bye um because it's which is to baz's perspective chapter wise and he's just like hanging out at his house playing violin because he's a posh kid and he ew, like, ew, ew. anyway um <laughs> this this book definitely um slightly suffers from over britishness like they're trying like but i found it endearing because like the concept of the book is that it's written it's supposed to be written by an american teenager about a british like franchise of things so they're trying really hard to prove that they like get what british means so they use so much british slang it's kind of awful but in the best way ever i didn't mind it because i'm trash so like i was like oh this is beautiful this is great this is so british it's also a lot more when you're hearing um someone with a british accent say especially when he's doing the parts for simon because he has the real super cockney accent when he's doing simon which is great in my opinion but it it can be a lot but basically baz is just in his house by himself and simon just shows up out of nowhere and (laughs) is like just covered in dirt and muck and it's all flustered and Baz is like all of my dreams are coming true on the inside one on the outside he's like the hell are you doing here he's like why do you look like you don't know how to clean yourself in my home Um, he he does a cleaning spell on him right like a child I believe Simon's like like a child he did a cleaning spell on me yes 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 oh wait I remember okay I just I just listened to this and I my because I'm just like "Mm, boys (laughs) I want them to kiss there's a plot away so the message that they get from the ghost is that like Nicodemus will help, will have the answers. Nicodemus did this. Nicodemus knows the answers and they have no idea who Nicodemus is. But Simon, who is very good friends with the like goat herder on campus. Um, chicken is here. Oh, honey. Wow. I heard that. That was a loud one. Oh, wow. My cat is interrupting me. Um, wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's really in character for you. I'm just trying really hard. Um, what is her name? What's the goat herder's name? I forgot. Oh God, we're d- we're at the point where we're dumb again. Oh God, let's find out. One minute, I have the book next to me. Oh, P.S. Um, Trixie, her roommate, Penelope's roommate, is gay. Oh yeah. You're welcome. Oh, I found it. I found it. Um, her name is Eb. It's such a weird name. So I can't oh, remember yes. It. Her isn't her. So she has a twin too. Doesn't he have a weird name? Yeah, his name is Nicodemus. <laughs> yep, there it is. Anyway, spoiler alert. Yeah. So, <laughs> Whoops. So Eb, who is like this, she's just like a sweet witch. She lives on campus. She graduated. She's older. She's basically like the groundskeeper. Everyone thinks she's really weird. No one really likes her, but Simon is like her best friend. They have a very sweet relationship, but he goes and visits her for Christmas. And he's like, Hey, wait, you've been, you like were a student at the school, like 
when all of this was happening and also you've been at the school, like while all this has been going on, do you know who Nicodemus is? And she's like, yeah, that's my twin brother. I'm not allowed to talk about him. Um, he's been wiped from the record of like wizardry. Like no one is allowed to talk about him. So Simon is like, fuck, I got to tell Baz. (laughs) So, and the reason why Nicodemus is important is because Baz's mother was murdered while she was on campus. She was defending the campus against what? Vampires. So, (laughs) wow. Thank you for saying vampires like a total dweeb. Um, Vampires. Vampires. So she was defending the campus against a sudden vampire attack. And vampires don't normally attack magical beings because they, I I think they know to stray away from, you know, hordes of magicians. They attack the nursery where Baz is. Baz's mother kills herself to, like, wipe out the vampires, but it's only after Baz has been bitten. Right. So... They find this out, and Simon just has to go to Baz's house, and they gotta spend Christmas together. Oh, no. It's so sad they can't magic bang. Oh, but maybe they do again. I'm not sure. I don't think they do. Um, so they go on a magical adventure together. Um, basically, they have a lot of, like, moments. Oh, there's a cute moment where Baz's house is just haunted, and he's, like, totally chill with it. And Simon is like, what's wrong with you? There are, like, ghosts, like, swarming my room, like, the guest room you put me in. And Baz is like, it's chill. You can just sleep in my room. Like, it's fine. You can sleep on my couch. Like, it's okay. Don't worry. So they go to see these vampires because they find out where they are. At a vampire bar, like, down in, I think it's in London, right? Yeah, they go to London, and Baz is like super suave and cool and he's like i'm a vampire and i'm really like fancy and stuff and simon is all like okay i guess i'll follow you and he's just like really uncomfortable the whole time it's very cute yeah so they find nicodemus in the like back back section of this bar and basically baz drives the whole situation he's like he's the one talking he's the one that's like trying to figure out what's going on and uh they get I believe a little bit of information out of Nicodemus, correct? Um, he tells them, yeah, he says like, yes, I know who did this. I know that uh, Nicodemus basically tells them everything he can. And then he says, I can't, which is yes. Um, well, actually the big scandal is that he wanted to be a vampire, which doesn't happen. It's not like a thing that people do. He wanted to be immortal, so he chose to be a vampire, which is like one of the main reasons that he was shunned from the wizarding community. But he's like, I know what happened and I know who did it, but I can't tell you because their name isn't worth my life. So that happens and then they they do they angrily drive back to Baz's place or like no, I think Simon does Simon decide to leave at this point? No. This is when this is when all this stuff happens. <laughs> I just want you to leave the conversation because uh, you're so flustered. Uh, no, I don't want to talk about it. Um so, so Simon is oh no, they magic bang in the car because Simon is um or Baz is driving and he's really pissed off. He's really angry because basically Nicodemus told him that like your mother hates vampires. She thinks that they're like the scum of the earth and she killed herself because she thought she was going to become one. And like the only reason she didn't kill you is because she didn't know that you had been turned because she didn't see you get bit. 
So he is just like spiraling into like angry depression rage and is just driving very quickly. And he keeps magicking cars out of the way so he can just drive and not have to worry about it. But he's like using up all of his magic because he's so angry and he's doing this. And Simon's like, you're going to pass out at the wheel if you keep using your magic. So he grabs his arm and like pushes magic into him again so that he can have enough magic to just like move every car in London out of the way and they can just drive into the woods together. Drive into the woods. So then Baz is like runs away and just like, he's just like overwhelmed with anger. And then he's just like fuming because he has a bunch of Simon's magic in him now, which is like way more powerful than he's used to. And he's just like, imploding literally and he just starts like crying and sobbing and just starts setting everything on fire and simon is yelling at him because he's like what's wrong with you why are you doing this you need to calm down and baz is like i need to die and the only way to get him to stop talking is Uh, obviously uh, the like the way these chapters are split so it's like each character is the perspective like each chapter is the perspective of the character so these chapters are like seven chapters in a row that are like a sentence because it's like Simon Baz, Simon Baz, Simon Baz, and they're smooching. They're smooching a lot. They're smooching so much they go to they like fall to the ground. And then Simon's like, wait a minute, you're flammable. And Baz is like, bitch, we're all flammable. Too edgy. So that happens. And then oh wait, something bad happens. So Baz has to go feed because it's been a while since he's fed. So he goes to find a deer, I believe, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he finds the deer. He feeds on the deer. And then I believe the humdrum comes, right? He comes back and he finds Simon waiting for him in the woods. The humdrum is there. And so he basically um, sets Baz to be like more like a like what people think vampires are like. So he kind of turns Baz against him. Yeah. It's also, it's really interesting because it's the first time... Baz sees the humdrum, so he's seeing the humdrum as Simon Younger. So he's freaking out. And then the humdrum is using its powers to make Baz want to, like, kill Simon. Like, the hunger you have for, like, all humans, specifically this one, I'm going to, like, turn it up to 11. So that happens. And Simon sent... I think he sends him away. I forget the specific of how he sends him away. But because that happened the uh, magical atmosphere around Baz's family's home gets destroyed. Yeah, it's completely, like, obliterated. I think Baz runs away and Simon, they just both, they just just run away from each other because they're like, I I can't. Yeah, so that happens. Simon, like, he magics, like, dragon wings and a, I think a tail and flies to Penny's house or Agatha's house. It's Penny's house this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I was just trying to think of like the, the story. I, I feel like something else happens, but maybe it does all happen this quickly. This is when I stopped taking notes guys, because <laughs> it, it happens got- really quickly at this point. Cause we're getting closer to the end, but we're not like at the end. It's like the, the part before the end. Well, there's, this There's whole like part a, is confusing. So I'm so I they started kissing and I blacked out. Gay <laughs> <laughs> panic. Um, no, because there's definitely a part where they go back to. Um, all right, I think this is what happens after Baz tries to set himself on fire and Simon kisses him better. They go back to Baz's house and they 
because they definitely go back to Hibaz's room and they like make out a lot and they like cuddle and they have like a conversation where Simon is like, are you gay then? And Simon's like, or Baz is like, yeah, I'm really gay. I'm like the queerest man alive. And Simon is like, all right, I don't really know what I am, but like, you're cute. And I like kissing you. So that's like, like they both are just kind of like, this is really weird, but like I'm into it. Yeah, and then that happens beforehand. And Penelope comes over to do, we jumped, we skipped. Cause I, I wanted to talk about the flaming fire body kiss. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, so that happens, and Penelope comes over and with Agatha, I believe, and they start talking about like how to like f- figure out what the humdrum is and like how to figure out. I think they uh, does, Bass doesn't want to do anything anymore because he figured out the stuff about his mom, and Simon's like, "No, no, you promised to help me." And also, we made out, so you owe me. <laughs> we basically banged twice now, so you're going to help me. Yeah, so there's this, like, great, like, weird shift where, like, Baz is, like, being helpful, but, like, not, he's trying really hard not to, and Penny's like, this is weird, why are you, like, acting, like, she shows up at, I think she shows up at Baz's house and doesn't realize that Simon's gonna be there, and she's like, Simon, what the hell are you doing here? And, like, it's very confusing, and they're like, we're not gay, we didn't make out a lot, like, we're, it's fine, we still hate each other, definitely. I don't know what you think you saw when you weren't here, but we haven't made out for the past 45 minutes, okay? So, that all happens, and then, so they're doing research and stuff, and Agatha's just being, like, an asshole, she's like, I need to go home, it's Christmas Eve, like, my parents are gonna wonder where I am so they all leave together and then Simon is like no I need to make sure Baz is okay because like we had like I don't think he's okay because he just found out all the stuff about his mom he tried to kill himself like I need to check on my boy so he like makes up an excuse and just gets out of the car and runs back to Baz's house (laughs) and Agatha's like get in this car and he's like no you're not my real mom no I'm too gay and then he runs and he just runs <laughs> then he ends up spending like Christmas with Baz's family which is very strange but very they're all cute. like so you're trying to figure out how to kill him right to Baz and he's like no stop kill him with my mouth oh and they also so because Simon doesn't have any like proper like dinner clothes they put him in one of Baz's suits oh it's so good there's like yeah, there's, like, an amazing moment where, like, Baz is, like, talking, and he's just, like, narrating, and he says something, like, Simon looks, like, I've always appreciated the way he looks, like, kind of frumpy and blah, 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 because, like, Simon very much is, like, the antithesis of Baz. He's got, like, really, like, bright strawberry blonde, like, curly hair that's always a mess, and he's just, like, never, his clothes are always wrinkled and stuff, and he's just, like, describing all of these things of, like, I always like that he's all disorganized and blah, 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 and it's, like, but it ends with him being like, but I just love the way he looks in that gray suit or something like that. And I just like, I died. It's so cute. It's a lot. It's very much the definition of like squee, unfortunately. Anyway, so that happens. And then all the stuff happens where the humdrum shows up and the magic, he's using magic to make Baz try to kill Simon and Simon grows wings and a tail and flies away. I'm so sorry I jumped ahead to that part. I just really wanted to talk about his dumb leathery wings. He's got dragon wings and he's got a tail. He's I got think... drag queen wings and a drag queen tail. Ooh, Courtney Act. Wow. Yes, basically that scene. 
He turns into that great look that Courtney has, where she has the giant wings and the like bodice. And I, mm, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. So I'm sorry. Are you though? I don't think you are. You? Oh, did you hear that Courtney acts uh, one slow, uh, Big Brother? Yes, I'm so proud. I need to watch that season. Oh. Courtney so much number one here's the thing though the only things I ever saw coming out of that season were about Courtney Act and how she was just like casually doing like lip like singing on like a stage and how she was having like gender conversations like she was really like teaching and being great yeah she's I when I talk about how much I love Courtney Act and people are like uh what's wrong with you and I'm like well if you've only ever watched the season of Drag Race she's on she doesn't come off very well in that she's kind of bitchy but like she's amazing and does so much goodness for like gender and like gender education and stuff. And I just love her so much. She's great. But anyway, so Simon grows some corny act wings and he flies to Penny's house. I so he gets to Penny's house and he, I think the whole time he's there, he's thinking about how he like made out with with Bess um, more than once. <laughs> um, and he's just like, they're trying to come up with like ways to defeat the humdrum without Baz. And it's, it's just, it's just so much. Oh, I think one of the reasons that Simon initially runs back to Baz's mansion is because he's like, if I don't go and confront him now, he's going to pretend like this didn't happen. And I don't want that to happen. Like he's going to, we're going to come back from Chris's break. and He's be like, we never kissed. What are you talking about? I just don't think you understand that we never did that. We might've magic banged in front of everyone at school, but I swear to God, we didn't kiss. Um, so basically Simon is like unconscious for like a day and a half or something. Like he just doesn't talk. He's like comatose. He's like awake, but he doesn't. Because of the magic. It's too much magic. Yeah. And then the shit hits the fan. The shit just hits. That's like, at that point you're basically, it's like the climax of the book. Like, do do we want to talk about the actual ending? Or are we going to save like the big spoiler for people that read this? So this is hard because the whole end chunk is like more, I don't want to say more important than the end because the end is like the actual end of the book is very important to me um, because it's super gay. But I, this is hard. I don't know. I mean, do we want to, I don't know. It's, it's your podcast. I don't want to spoil it. But I think <laughs> anything, else, anything else we talk about is be the major spoilers of the whole book. Okay, what if we talk about Simon's parents without explaining who they are? Okay, we can do that. Yeah, because I think that would actually, if people are smart enough, they might be able to gather the information themselves. Um, because I didn't until the very end. So, like, and it was, like, basically spelled out at a certain point. So I'm saying that I wasn't quick enough to, like, pick up on this. I definitely, like, called Simon's dad is very early on. But I also yeah, was, like... Yeah, because you're smarter than me. No, but I was, like, no, that's too obvious because they're, like, painting it that way. And then I was, like, no, it's too obvious because it's real it's a double bluff but like i was surprised yeah Um, so simon's parents uh, and this is kind of the reason the humdrum exists simon's parents uh want a kid who grows up to be like the most powerful wizard and by parents i mean his dad his mom is like okay yeah like i don't i don't care i want my baby to be healthy like i want my baby to be accepted. So that they start like casting spells and like finding old runes and like uh, doing stuff. And some of the chapters of the book come from uh, Simon's mother's point of view. They don't really like, you don't get this until like really the end. So it's not like it's like there are parts of the book where it's like, 
her mom is right his mom is right there but she like she's like humming to her 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 pregnant baby like belly and you know talking to the baby and simon's dad is consistently trying to find like different spells and like books and like ancient things to make um his son like the most power like i believe he wants it to be a son but like their baby to be like the most powerful witch or wizard and it it kind of backfires it, it kind of like severely backfires because they accidentally create <laughs> just like a black hole of magic so. and simon is almost like they're both black holes in a certain way simon is just i think uh, less of a black hole. He's capable of taking all of the magic in the world and like using it, but not properly, obviously. And then the humdrum is literally the epitome of a magic black hole. When people who are around him, like who are magical, they feel as though they're suffocating because the humdrum is t- like sucking the magic out of the air. And the reason why this keeps happening is because Simon is fighting him with magic and he's a black hole. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, I can't really talk more about it because it's the ending. So, like, do you want to skip, like, the end, the actual end, like, plot-wise, and skip to, like, the epilogue? Because there's, like, a little epilogue that's kind of cute. Or do you want to save that? The epilogue is really, 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 really cute. But I feel like we're just, like, we're leaving the podcast off at, like, such a hard point because it's, like, getting right to the juicy details and like it, it's just difficult yeah that's kind of how the book is structured though because it's very much like lots of like oh this is a thing that's been happening for a while it's a big bad and like simon's doing a thing and baz is missing oh no baz is here oh they're working together and then it's just like oh simon finds out as soon as simon finds out the stuff about and they could demiss it's like it goes from like zero to 100 and it's just like it doesn't stop it just kind of like you're just you can't you know it just goes all the way yeah, because, like, once a certain point happens, it really, like, spills the whole beans. And then there's a huge magical showdown at the school in this one, like, building that isn't really used anymore. I think it's, like, was it the church? Something like that, yeah. It's, like, an old sanctuary of some kind. Yes. This, you know, it's funny. In my version of the book, I actually have a map of the school. I'll be able to tell you which one it is. Um, it is the White Chapel. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because when you drive into the school, I actually have, like, this is the written map. It could be different. But um, when you drive, like, drive into the school, like, you can drive. Um, and there's the courtyard, and then right there is, like, the Weeping Tower, the White Chapel, the Mummer's House, which is where the boys live, and the Cloisters. Yeah. The Great Lawn, the Dragon Confrontation, the Football Pitch, the Hills Beyond, which is where um, all the goats are. My girl, Ed, I love her so much. Eb is so cool, and um, I liked her a lot. Also, she's, like, very, like, subtly queer also, which I feel like a lot of the characters in this book are, because obviously the two the two boys are queer. Si- or Baz is very gay, and I'm going to stand by saying that Simon is bisexual, because he does have a relationship with Agatha, and he does love her. Yeah, he does. Um, so, and But they do do the really annoying thing where Simon's like, I don't really know what I am. I don't like labels. And I'm like, fuck you, boy, you're bisexual. Just like let it happen. It's fine. Let Simon be by 2K18. But 
we can talk about like the stuff leading up to the end where like I, I mentioned the huge battle at the school and I can tell you who is there, but I won't tell you what happens because I want you to read the book. If for anything, like read like for the romance, like if you're not reading for the romance, so, like read for the story, it's so good. But so Eb is at the the White Chapel. She's there. Agatha is there as well. And she kind of gets tricked into being there. Like, she's at the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, it wasn't good for her. And I know I called her a coward for running, but I would have too. I understand. That's happening. The mage is there. Simon is there. Um, Baz is there. And so is uh, Penny. So basically, everyone who's important to the storyline is there. I think they do a really good job of, like, having a lot of build-up. Also... The really cool thing happens where um, the reader itself, because we have like a perspective from a bunch of different people, um, and the further into the book you go, the more perspectives there are because you start to, there's like, I think near the end, there's maybe like a chapter or two that's the mage's chapter. And he obviously knows a lot more about what's going on because he's like the mage. But you get this point where, like, you know what's you know what's going on. You figured it out by that point. But as the characters go into like the space where the final battle is, they start to figure out what's going on too. So exactly. Like, yeah, it's really cool the way that's done. I don't think that Simon necessarily ever figures out who his parents are. Um, no, I don't think so. Actually, I think that's why they explain afterwards. Like after the the huge battle, it's explained like um, why he and the humdrum exist like fully, I believe. Because I know there's like the chapter afterwards that kind of is from his mother's perspective, I think, that explains like what has been going on with her while she was pregnant. Well, there's like, there's a lot. So basically all the chapters that are Simon's mom are just like very disconnected, like train of thought, just like, oh, I just want you to be happy and stuff like very sweet rambling. And then as you get closer to the plot, the end of the story and you start to realize what's going on, there's like a very jarring chapter where she talks about like, she's like, I didn't know it was wrong. I thought this is just what pregnancy felt like. Like, I didn't know something was wrong. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't know something's wrong because her husband is casting magical spells on her that she's like aware of, but doesn't that are basically, I think Simon is siphoning her magic from her. Yeah. she He's basically like sucking all of her magic out of her, which is like, I just thought pregnant women were weak all the time. And I was like, oh no, baby girl. You're getting eaten alive by your baby. I, I'm trying to like talk about this without talking about the. <laughs> okay, I think we else. have to it's stop hard. at this point because we can't keep talking about it without divulging the ending. Yeah. Okay. So, so just generally, I think the book is really good. I think it's like a really good romance. It's a really good fantasy story. There's like a good universe built, and I really love. I just love the way that um, Rainbow Rowell writes characters and i like how she makes like she obviously like cares a lot about lgbtq community because she like puts that into her stories but she like makes some of her like the main characters are queer but then she also has like side characters that are like mentioned like it's never like a thing like you're gay and that's your character trait and that's the only thing that is important about you it's like this is part of an aspect of your character but like you're a fucking human being and it's just very refreshing she definitely really, I think, writes a believable, like, kids figuring out their sexuality, like, them not, like, you know, one person being more forthcoming with it than the other, and, which is always, like, I feel like always what happens, someone figures it out before someone else, and, like, 
they're a little bit more comfortable with it. So they like help someone else figure out their shit. And I really like, for me, I, I liked how British it was. <laughs> I know it's like, I, I guess the people who know more, it's like, it's trying too hard, but I'm like, whatever, fuck off. I think it's great. No, I definitely like that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, like I've heard people critique it that way and I'm just kind of like, yeah, I get it. But I also like, I, I like it this way. So it's not that bad, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like this is just a really good book and everyone should read it. <laughs> yeah, I, or, I think everyone would actually have a pretty good time reading this. Or listening to it. <laughs> yeah. I you know, I might wanna listen to it because the way you describe those voice actors, um, I wanna do it. It's great. The just the subtle differences between um the reader, he does Simon's voice, it's like gets a little lower, it gets gravelly. And he has like a Cockney accent. And then when he's Baz, it's like a little bit more posh and like more refined. And it's just nice. I don't know. Yeah, it, it sounds like something that I uh, would want to listen to. Also, in Fangirl, there was a female reader. And then when they, the Simon and Baz portions were read, because like the bits of the book or the fanfiction, it was like an older British gentleman. But for this one, it sounds like he's like a younger guy, which is nice because like, I wouldn't want to, like, read the kissy parts with, like, an old dude. No. (laughs) (laughs) No offense. Like, nah. It's not your thing. It's okay. Like, I understand. I wouldn't necessarily want to either. Um, Can I just, like, my one critique that kind of, like, annoyed me a lot, and it is literally the last line of the book. Spoiler alert. Oh, my God. I cannot. I hate. Spoiler alert for literally last line of the book has nothing to do with the plot. Um, I don't like when the last lines of books are the title of the book. <laughs> I'm just a jerk. I don't know, but like it's, you wait, I'm looking at the book now, you bitch. It's they're talking. It everything is done. It's the end of the book. It's an epilogue, so it's like a little bit later after like the big finale, and the last line of the book is carry on Simon and I just want to die. Oh my god. I have a mole there. He treats it like a target. Go on then, he says, carry on Simon. Oh my god. I just don't like it. Everything else up to that point is perfect, but just the fact that the last line is, carry on, Simon, I want to die. Well, I guess you have to, like, look at it as, like, this was written by, um, I almost said, what's her face? Because I don't want to say Kath. (laughs) Kather. It was written from her perspective, so I guess she, like, for fan fiction, she did that. But at the same time, I love when TV shows, like, okay, everyone knows, if they know me, I love trash television. I loved on Desperate Housewives when they said the word Desperate Housewife. I was like, fuck me up with that shit. I loved it. My favorite part of America's Next Top Model is when Jade goes, this is not America's Next Top Best Friend, which is like similar different. <laughs> this is not RuPaul's Best Friend Race. I like the epilogue a lot because I... I didn't realize I wanted it, and then it happened, and I was like, oh, this keeps going? And then it ended, and it's like, oh, we're done now? I I don't get more than the more that I was given that I didn't know I wanted? Oh, I just thought of one part that I know I loved, the part that I, I loved. We only talk about love here. Continue. There is, um, there's a point, so after... Simon and Baz have smooched and after they've like established that they want to date and they've like kind of gotten over things and it's like a weird, it's so weird, but they like, they've established that they both care about each other. There's like a point where I think it's like right before the big bad or maybe right after the big, the big battle or something. And Simon is just like weeping and he's very distressed. Cause obviously he's like, he's a bunch of magic and he's very like drained literally. 
and with that like hesitating or like acknowledging that there are just like other people around them Baz just like hugs him and holds him and he just says like don't worry love or something like that and like my heart melted <laughs> and don't then, worry love <laughs> it's so good and then penny is just kind of like oh Oh, oh, and it's just such a good moment. Oh, yeah, because I don't think she, like, I don't think it's, like, come out straight yet. I, that's, like, right at the end, right? It's at the end, yeah. It's And they don't, yeah, they haven't mentioned it because when Penny, <laughs> hi, chicken. Because <laughs> when Penny meowed. <laughs> when Penny comes to visit them at Baz's house, they're both very, like, coy, and they don't mention that anything's happened or anything strange is going on. So it's just, like, this moment of, like, they're both, like, they just, had this huge battle and they're both exhausted and they just like nothing else matters, but that they're like holding each other. And it's just so good. She's like sitting there watching it. She's like, how did I not notice this? Right. It's very, it's a very cute moment. Cause I think it's also that chapter, that moment is in a chapter from Penny's perspective, which is very cute. I think so. Yeah. Cause there, there are a few chapters that are from Penny's perspective. And I think this was one of them. Mm-hmm. That's it. I think that's. I think that's it. I think I've hit all my points. I think we hit all of our points while screaming loudly, um, and we didn't do fifty-five uh, different versions of us screaming for fifty-five minutes each. And I didn't talk about Harry Potter for like five hours. Like I held back. <laughs> Thank God, we're not allowed to talk about her on this podcast. But we definitely have to do like a bonus episode where I just scream at J.K. Rowling for like three days, right? <laughs> The next one will be that. Perfect. I just want a platform for me to scream on. Yeah, I think I think that's it. 10 out of 10 would recommend Carry On. Um, also, I don't think you need to read Fangirl before you read this. I no, like- you don't. You definitely don't. And it's funny, when I was reading this, I thought I had to have the background. And I would like to go through again and see if I can find pieces that are from like her version of Carry On to see if um, some of the pieces overlap. Yeah, I think it it like adds to the universe if you have like that backstory, but like it's really completely unnecessary. So like, if you don't want to read fangirl, if that's like, you know, into that, you could just read carry on. Yeah, I I definitely think so. And I, I would actually just like to thank rainbow Rowell for writing a, a magical boys love book. Like I, it's just like, I was so thrilled reading this and I can't explain to you like how excited I was finishing it. Like it was just, it was such a good book that even if it had like an ending that like destroyed me mentally and physically, like I, I still would have been super happy reading it. And uh, I'm really glad that you d- aren't ashamed of your character's sexualities that you made. And thank you for standing by them. And give me the pixie lesbian side story that I am asking for. Thank you and goodbye. Write the fan fiction that you want in the world. Oh, you know, I'll probably just find some way. I'll send them to you. <laughs> Really, really maintaining that you're Kath. Thank you. I just really want to establish that um, Fangirl is a story about me and uh, Rainbow Rell stole my life story and I would like reparations, please. Yikes. Okay. Just kidding. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So thank you so much for listening to Super Lit this week, guys. Um, Like we said, go out and buy Rainbow Rowell's Carry On. It's a really fantastic book. Um, my name is Brendan Patrick, and what's your name again, stranger? My name is Sophie, and this is Chicken. <laughs> oh, kitty meows. Um, next time I demand Shadow be on the podcast. Oh, okay, I can I can grab. She doesn't make as much noise, but next time I'm on the show, I'll bring my other cat because I have two because I'm just really living in my stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you again for listening to Super Lit, guys. Um, we will see you. Well, yeah, we'll see you next time. We'll, you'll see us. <laughs> One of the two. Thanks, guys. Or hear us because it's a podcast. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Bye.